and welcome to this new edition of the Probe Podcast. I'm your host today, Paul Rutherford. I'm a research associate with Probe. Probe is a ministry to equip Christians to think biblically, to build ambassadors for Christ. Our hope is that you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you already do, our hope is that you're thinking biblically, that you're not captive to the lies of culture. And if you are thinking biblically, we want you to live an abundant life as an ambassador for Jesus Christ. So in studio recently, we had um, my coworker and colleague, Steve Cable, and we talked about survey data, a lot about what's going on in the status of the church in America and among evangelicals in particular. There was a lot to that conversation. And so Steve and I decided to have another conversation for your benefit to let you know what's going on in the church. And so today we're going to be talking about nuns. There's this group called the nuns. Who are they? And do they wear white and black robes? And are they quiet? And are they all female? And are they all Catholic? That's a joke. Just kidding. Steve, glad to have you back with me. Happy to be here. You have been knee-deep in in surveys for quite a while. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about your experience with survey and survey data? Yeah, so about 12 years ago at Probe, we were analyzing the culture and applying Christian worldview to cultural topics for many years, and we were seeing a lot of changes happening in the culture around us, and we wanted to understand that better. And one of the ways that can help us do that is to look at surveys and to survey people. And so we began analyzing surveys that were being done by other people, Christian Smith at Notre Dame, Baylor did some surveys, the general social survey, and we decided to do our own survey to delve deeper into what evangelicals were believing in and how they were interacting with the culture. And that kind of started me down the path of continuing to keep a thumb on, uh, on the pulse of what America looked like from what the surveys were telling us. So I've been analyzing and watching the surveys for the last 12 years, and we'll be taking a new survey at Probe so that we can get a good update and be able to report to you what's happening at a deeper level. But just looking at these other surveys, which are a fairly high level, we can see what's going on at least the top level in American religious belief. And one of the big things that's been happening since just before the year 2000 is the growth of this group you call the nuns. You don't call them the nuns. A lot of people call them the nuns. No, yeah. And nuns is... They're not Catholic. No, they're not. Not N-U-N-S, they're N-O-N-E-S. Right. And the nuns, basically, in the Pew surveys, that consist of atheists, agnostics, and people who say they're nothing in particular. In the uh, GSS survey, for example, it's people who say none. When they say, what religion are you affiliated with? None. And that's how they get the name. And that's how they get the name, none. how they answer on the survey. Right. What's your religion? Yeah. None. No religion. Yeah. We tend to go down the route when we do surveys and looking at Barner surveys, we tend to divide atheists, agnostics, and nothing in particulars, because that gives you some idea of kind of what they're thinking. But altogether, they're the nuns. Yeah. And so before we get too far into this conversation, Steve, I want to encourage our listener to know that digging into survey data is going to bless you and it's good for you because it's going to allow you to be more effective in your witness because you're going to know better what you're dealing with beforehand. Obviously, every person's an individual. When you're sharing your faith, when you're talking with somebody, when you're sharing your testimony, whatever, you need to ask them questions to get to know the individual. But at the same time, it is handy to have in the back of your mind what these larger trends are so you have it. okay, I'm, I'm better prepared 
managing my expectations on what this person probably believes before I walk in. Not to be presumptuous, but just to be prepared. And if you want to hear more about that, in fact, Steve, you enumerated a number of reasons in a previous episode why it's important to pay attention to survey data. So you can check that on the previous episode on the uh, status of the evangelical church in 2020. Right. And that's really the reason we want to talk about the nuns, because when you look at the major religious groups in America today, and we'll divide it into evangelicals, mainline Protestant, Catholic, other religions, Islam, Hinduism, etc., and the nuns, the largest single group of those groups in America today are the nuns. The largest. The largest. It's There's correct. more nuns than Muslims. There's more nuns oh, uh, than yeah, Buddhists. Yes. And more America. nuns than Catholics and more nuns than mainline Protestants and more nuns than evangelicals. Wow. Now you add up all the evangelicals, mainline Protestant and Catholics to one group, then that would be larger. But if you're in religion in any significant way, you understand that evangelicals, mainline Protestants, and Catholics are very distinctly different very different groups, groups in their beliefs and their practices. Yeah, and how they manifest their faith. Okay, so is there more to that question, why it's important to know about so, this trend, the rise of the nuns? The other part about it is that it is a trend. The 20 years from 1976 to 1996 that we have survey data from, the number of nuns in America was running about 8% of the population as a whole. And about 12% of the young adults, 18 to 29, were nuns. And that was consistent across that 20-year period. In the mid-90s, the nuns began growing. In 2018, that 8% of all adults who were nuns in 1990 has become 24% in 2018. Three times the percentage. It's much more than three times the number because the population's been growing. And these percentages are the percent of the population. Okay, so what okay. I hear you saying when I ask about why it's important to pay attention to the nuns, I heard basically two things. One, it's a pretty recent trend in the past 10, 20 years. And two, within those past 10, 20 years, not only have they grown, they've grown really quickly. As a matter of fact, amongst all religious groups, they're the only group that's grown as a percent of population. All the other groups I mentioned have not grown as a percent of population. As a percentage of the population. So. And they've grown at almost 4% composite annual, annual growth rate, which means by the year 2030, approximately 50% of Americans will be nuns. In another 10 years... Half of all Americans will be not affiliated. That's right. Religiously at all. Right. Wow, that's startling. That is startling. Also terrifying to imagine what that would look like culturally and, and socially, the implications of that. Although one might argue it may be easier to share the gospel with a nun than it is to share the gospel with a committed Muslim, Mm -hmm. a committed Catholic. So it's scary, it's different, but it could be an opportunity. Let's also talk about this trend. Do you think this trend is a flash in the pan? Do you think this trend is something that's going to change, is something that's going to go away or reverse? I mean, you just talked about projecting into the future. You know, if it continues by 2030, it, will, it could be as drastic as more than half of all America. But what do you think will, in fact, happen? Is this going to go anyway time soon? Is this just a, something that I can basically I, ignore because it's going to go away? I do not see anything in the trends. I don't see any trend that would indicate that it's going to slow down anytime soon. Now, eventually, when it reaches a certain point, I don't know what that point would be, 70% of the population, 
then it's going to hit the diehards. So we talked the last time that, you know, about 25% of Americans affiliate with the evangelical churches, and that's declining slowly, but it's been fairly constant. About 8% of Americans are really committed evangelicals, so I don't expect they're going to become nuns. But those that are nominal Christians, as society makes nuns more and more acceptable, makes that the kind of the standard, I think they're going to continue to go that way. That sounds something similar to a comment I heard. I believe it was Tim Keller in, in an interview, but I can't cite the source or the time on that, so I might get in trouble for this. But answering this kind of question instead of a forward-looking direction, more of a backward-looking direction, kind of how did we get where we are? There's a sense in which you, what you were just talking about, how if this trend continues, and what I heard you say was you don't have any reason to believe based on the evidence or the trends that this trend is going to at all reverse or even slow down anytime soon. It might and eventually will and has to. But owing to that is looking backwards as, hey, how did we get here to this comparison of this massive growth in this one group over against others? And that's what some pundits, pastors have talked about, kind of a moving away from the mushy middle, where let's consider the average American five decades ago. You know, we're looking back into the 70s, six decades, into the 60s and 50s, where the majority of Americans, in fact, self-identified as Christian. There was much more of this cultural conception, a cultural identity that Americans are Christian, or at least much more commonly than it is Close now. Close to 90%. And so the question is, well, if you look at close to 90% are self-identifying as Christian to today where the vast majority don't self-identify as Christian, some have looked back and said, how did we get here? And, and said, it's kind of uh, the difference between self-identifying and affiliating with one religion and actually practicing that religion or having beliefs that are consistent with that religion. In some ways, we've made distinctions that are finer and better and more useful, more helpful for knowing what's going on in the church that are helping us discover as pop culture, as mainstream culture moves away, moves increasingly more and more secular. What we're finding is the mushy middle, those who identified as Christians, maybe they weren't thinking biblically or they weren't going to church or they weren't praying. It's that demographic that's moving away from identifying as Christians to moving towards, you know what, I'm just being honest, I don't really believe in anything at all. I think there's a lot of truth to that. There haven't been any surveys taken to really delve into that in depth to back that up with data. But I think there is enough data in the surveys to determine that many of the people that are now affiliating as nuns were clearly not strong in their belief, whatever belief it was. And so we can see that the percentage of evangelicals who are more core in their beliefs that indicate that they understand or are committed to their faith has grown over this 20-year period. The percent of the population that represents has not grown. And that's why it's a little why people get lost in this sometimes. So if, if at one time I had 30% of the population was the evangelicals and 10% of them were strong in their beliefs, and then over 20 years that now drops where I only have 20% of the population are evangelical, but the same 10% that were strong in their beliefs is still strong in their belief. So now it's half of the evangelicals are strong in their belief instead of a third. But as far as the percent of the population, it hasn't changed at all. Yeah, It's just, as you kind of indicated, you got those that are mushy in their faith have gone off and affiliated with something else. And that strong part has stayed the same. And we do see that in the data relative to evangelicals. So that lends credence to what you're saying. People take that and jump to a wrong conclusion and kind of make up data that says, well, 
all this growth in nuns comes from the mainline Protestants or Catholics or whatever, and they don't come from evangelicals. Yes, and where they come from, I do want to talk about in a second. But first, I wanted to ask you another question about that, which is what I hear you saying, it's easy to get tripped up in the data and the numbers and, and the comparisons, mostly because it's percents and fractions usually. And the key thing to remember when it comes to fractions and percents is that they're always comparisons. It's a number of people in this group compared to a number of people in this group. And so the key thing to remember is who are you comparing it to? It's not just about the raw number. Sometimes that's helpful to know raw numbers of people in groups. But if it's a percent, you're comparing it. So then you need to know what you're comparing it to. Are you comparing it to among evangelicals itself or to wider America? And then that's always tricky, right? Because populations tend to grow, at least in America recently. But even then, it's important to consider, okay, the, the group you're comparing it to can itself be dynamic, which is not to throw another wrench in the works. But the key thing to remember is not only that it's a comparison, but what you're comparing it to and keeping that straight, which is hard because I get lost in that all the time. It is tricky. You have to keep track of what people are what you're comparing, comparing about. To. And yeah. you find people do this in the media often where they just throw out statistics and they make it seem important. And then you realize, well, this is twice as much of 1% of the population. So it's 2% of the population. Who cares? You know, But they <laughs> make it sound fraction. like it's really important. It's a tiny fraction. It's twice as much. Of the whole population. And so, okay, so where these nuns are coming from is a question I wanted to ask you. Yeah, so there's two things I want us to look at here. Yeah, okay. One is that where do they come from? And the second is because some people say, well, it's just a young person's Yes, I've heard that as uh, well. Thing, and they're going to come back to the church. They'll grow out of it. Yeah, they'll like grow the out boomers. of it. Yeah, we'll talk about both of those. So let's talk about that last one first. You know, is it just a young people's thing they're excited about? They're not sure what they want to believe, and they're looking around, and so there's, there's nothing in particular. And as they age, they're going to return to the Christian affiliation. They're going to, particularly as they marry and have children, they're going to want to get their children connected to the church. Sounds reasonable. Sounds good. The data does not support this at all. If we look, I was optimistic. I was yes. hoping that would be the case. If we look at the nuns, those that were the N O N E S's in 1990, the young nuns, there was 11 percent of the population. In 2018, that would be the people who are 46 to 57 years old. In 2018, we find that 20 percent of the people 46 to 57 years old are nuns. If they'd have quit being nuns as they aged it would have gone down it should be like five percent instead it didn't stay the same it doubled and the population was growing significantly so it's probably triple the number of nuns from that same age group that's clearly wow, identifies that's big. that it is not an issue of how old you are or if you get married and you want to get your children involved in, in something, you're going to get, you want to get them involved in a Christian church. And we can see that throughout the generations since about 1990. Okay. Uh, so let me throw a wrench here and slash be somewhat honest. It seems to me there is somewhat an anecdote of what you're talking about. As people age and getting married, that they return to the church. Didn't we see that predominantly among the boomers? Those who were born 40s to 50s, they were the ones in their teens and 20s in the 60s with the Cultural Revolution, out with the establishment, out with the man. In some sense, church attendance maybe began declining then, and then as we saw them return and get married in the 70s and 80s, they returned. So is there any sense in which that's true for the boomers? I think it is somewhat true for the boomers. 
although the out with the establishment, down with the man is not the same thing as I don't believe in Jesus Christ. I don't believe in my faith. And of course, the Jesus movement was a big thing in that time. I, yes. I'm a product of the Jesus movement okay. myself. But there's certainly a trend there where church attendance would grow as they moved from their early 20s into their mid-20s when they started having children, the church attendance would increase. What we're seeing today does not track that at all. Not only are the nuns growing in percentage as they age, but when you look at the nuns in terms of, well, are they just Christians who don't want to affiliate? Are they really going to church? And you find that the number of nuns, less than 10% of nuns attend church once a month or more. So the 90% of the nuns are not Less involved. than 10% of nuns attend church less than once a month. They attend church once a month more or more. More than once a month. So 90% of them so they're not going to church. are not going to it's church. It's not like they're going to church and saying they're none. Right. Okay, yeah. right. So that yeah. would be consistent. Okay. Yeah. What you're saying is this idea that it's a young person's problem, that a young person, when they're teens and 20s just out of the house, they'll dump their faith, they'll self-identify as not religious, but when they get older, they'll return to the church or return to their affiliation of being Christian or even otherwise uh, right. religiously affiliated. What you're saying is the data is not showing that. Yeah. From and, what we see. and multiple surveys show that. We look at the Pew surveys, they're massive surveys they did in 2007, 2014. Those that were 18 to 27 in uh, 2007, 26% of them were nuns. In 2014, you age that group by seven years, 25 to 34. Thirty-four percent of them are nuns. So the same group, same age group, same age group over that seven-year period. That grew percentage from, grew from twenty-six percent to thirty-four. And you go to old. We say, well, maybe that's not old enough, you know, because people are marrying later. So you look at a group twenty-three to thirty-two in two thousand seven. The next age group older. Yeah, twenty-three percent of them were nuns. Seven years later, that's. 30%, grew from 23 to 30%, points. Yeah, seven percentage points over yeah. a seven-year period. Those are people that are aged 30 to 39. So after 39, you're starting to get beyond the childbearing. There are people having their first children after 40, but most people have their first child in the 30s. So it's clearly having children is not driving them back to, back to church affiliation. Church affiliation. Yeah. Yeah. I also want to point out that the Barner Group does a lot of work in this area of looking at what's happening in the generations. And Dave Kinnaman in, in his book, Unchristian, he says, I would caution you not to underestimate the widening gap between young people and their predecessors. Those who think that in due time, mosaics and busters, and by association, the millennials will grow up and look like everyone else should prepare to have unfulfilled expectations. So I'm not the only one saying this. Of course, the data is saying is we just went through, but I just wanted to point out that someone who's full-time this is what they do. Dave Kenneman. Dave Kenneman yeah. with President of the Barna Group. That's what he's saying. If we apply this idea of this anecdote, the young the young person's demographic, if we apply that to today's young people, the millennials right now, that they're going to return, he's saying, you'll be disappointed because be we're disappointed. not finding you'll it. You'll have unfulfilled expectations. Happen. Unfulfilled expectations. Okay, so if it's not this myth of it's a young person's quote-unquote problem, a young person's trend, a young person's demographic, that they do it when they're young and when they get older, they'll return to their church affiliation, then what can you tell us about where they are coming from? Because this group is growing, so they're coming from somewhere. So where are they coming from? Okay, so where are these nuns coming from? That's... Certainly an important question. You have a number of people out there saying that, here's a quote from publication. It says, what is clear is that the nuns are not coming from the more conservative Protestant churches. That's clear. 
They're not coming from the more conservative Protestant churches. Who's saying this, according to whom? Well, this is from Stanton's book, The Myth of the okay. Dying Church. He says, what is clear is that the nuns are not coming from the more conservative Protestant churches. Okay. So I asked the question, well, where are they coming from? Where are they coming from? And I so we can question. look at both the Pew and, and GSS survey data, and we can find out. What I did was I looked at the percentage of new nuns from each religious group. What are new nuns? If you were a nun as a child then you didn't come from anywhere as far as nunship is concerned, right? So we look at all the nuns that came from someplace else, and we'll call those the new nuns, new as adults. Where'd they come from? And the answer is 25% were evangelicals, 30% were mainline, 35% were Catholic, 10% were other religions. So the biggest group came from the Catholics. The biggest group came from the Catholics. 35% of them. But I don't call 25% none. The nuns are not coming from the more conservative Protestant churches. 25% of the new nuns were evangelicals as children. Yeah, and where, where is this data coming from? This is from analyzing the GSS survey. The so GSS ask, survey asks, what were you as a child? Oh, okay. And then what are you now? Interesting. And so you can get this data. Now, it is true, if you look at the core evangelicals that we talked about last time, yeah. those that are really involved, well, if they were really involved as a teenager— then a much smaller percentage of those are going to become nuns later in nuns life. Nuns later in life. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Okay. Um, so some of the nuns are coming from evangelical churches. Some are coming from mainline churches. Some are coming from Catholics. And some are coming from what was that last one? Other other religions. Other so any any other any other religion. religion any other Islam, religion. Okay. Hinduism, Buddhism, whatever. Yep. Yeah. Got it. By the way, the new nuns make up about. 70% of nuns, only about 30% of nuns were nuns as children. So the majority, okay, so I'm trying to get this straight in my head, Steve. So the majority of nuns right now, as we have it, people who are not religiously affiliated, the majority didn't grow up that way. Right. They, they came from somewhere else. Right. They, 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 they changed. They, self, they self-identified. They said, as a child, I was Catholic, evangelical. I was involved with this church, a Baptist, Methodist, whatever. And now, as an adult, they say, no, I'm nothing. I'm an atheist. I'm agnostic. I'm nothing in particular. And that's the vast majority of the nuns today. Now, over time, it's becoming a smaller majority because you have more children being born to nuns. And there's no indication that those children being born to nuns are becoming evangelicals or mainlines. Or Yeah, that's Catholic. an interesting question to ask. Um, Is it, you said none of those nuns, the percentage that are yeah, basically I, I, being converted, so to speak, over to Christianity is real yeah, you, small? Well, you have about 70% of people who were nuns as children are still nuns. So the majority. It's effective. Evangelicals are close. They're 63% of children that are still evangelical. And the main lines are like 37%. Catholics are 50%. But the nuns have the highest retention rate, which is... That's fascinating. That's fascinating. And it's not surprising because of the nature of our culture. Our culture is not set up now that you think, well, I need to be involved with the church. I need to be involved with the religion in order to get ahead in my life, in order to be uh, do well. I look at these people around here. Being a nun, is that's the thing to be. That's the trend. That's the people on the edge. That's the people that are really cool. Yeah, pop culture uh, is so increasingly secular. It's, it's certainly supported by the media, the entertainment industry, and education system. Yeah. Because even if you want to be religion, when you're in those areas— you hide it. Well, Steve, this has been a real interesting conversation. Is there anything else you want to tell us about the rise of the nuns, those who are not affiliated with any religion in particular? 
I think one of the things, getting back to why we're doing this in the first place, is that when we think about nuns and we think about those people that have grown up with nuns, those people that have become nuns, they are people who have grown up in society that considers evangelicals as a marginalized, uneducated, unworthy of consideration group. If you know people in your life that are nuns, if you point out that you are an evangelical and that you have good reasons to believe that Jesus Christ is the way to eternal life, that you look at people and you say, there's no way that if our God is holy, if our God is perfect, and if we're to be with him, we're to be perfect as he is perfect, there is no way that we are going to make it. There is no way that any of us is going to deserve eternal life. If you can get them to start thinking about beyond the next moment out to eternity, I think they don't have anything to hold on to. They don't have anything to grasp. And we have the rock, the rock of Jesus Christ. So yeah, so what I hear you that. saying here, Steve, is when it comes to sharing your faith, when it comes to sharing your testimony, when it comes to engaging with nuns in particular, the kind of obstacles you're going to be up against are that you're going to be viewed as uneducated, you're going to be viewed as invalid, and that basically you're going to have to do the most work just to get a hearing. Can you give our listener some practical tips on how to overcome those obstacles? What, what's the best way to get a hearing? What's the best way to engage with someone who's a nun? I think one of the things that you need to do is begin discussing life beyond the next month, the next year, and what happens after this life. Because as a nun, they have nothing for that. Essentially, they're ignoring it. And if there's nothing there, if there is nothing, then that's all you can do. But to get them to begin thinking that there's someone who knows whether there is, and that someone is not a scientist, they're not a person of this earth, there's someone who knows the truth, who's beyond this earth, which is God Almighty. So what I hear you saying is to steer conversations towards beyond the here and now. Maybe about, hey, what happens after you die? Sounds like maybe that's a good question. And that gives you an opportunity to understand what they're thinking. Because if they say, well, I believe we're going to, you know, there's life after death. And, and then you can say, well, exactly why would that be good for you? And if they say, you know, there, there's nothing, you know, it's then you know where they're coming from and you can deal with that. Yeah, exactly. It's a great question to continue the conversation into what is the immaterial? What is the eternal? What is the great beyond? What does that look like? And then, of course, some of my favorite questions, where did you get that? Where's that kind of, oh, you grew up Lutheran. Oh, you grew up Baptist. Oh, you grew up whatever. And in my experience, 100% of the time, they're importing Christian beliefs because they grew up yeah. something yeah. and they're just borrowing it, but they've just dropped the affiliation for whatever reason. So that's really helpful, Steve. Thanks for that insight. Thanks for those tips. Thanks for giving us an insight into this group called the Nuns, the Rise of the Nuns. Who are they? Where did they come from? And uh, why do they matter? And hopefully this will help you to engage the lost world for Christ. We want you to be an ambassador for Christ. If you have questions, you can always go to our website, probe.org. If you're interested in this kind of information, Steve has many articles posted on our website. Go to the resources tab on our homepage. There's a sub menu called cultural research by Steve Cable. Click that. And those are all grouped together. I don't know if this particular data is there, but other data like it is there. If you're interested, you can go there. And of course we do have a radio show. That's a different tab on our homepage, but I don't want to tell you about our homepage. I want you to go out and share your faith with somebody. We'll see you next time. We'll be right back. 